Welcome to another episode of The Preacher and the Professor. I'm Donna Petter. And I am Tom Petter. <laughs> and our goal has been and continues to be to impart to others what has been imparted to us. And we're using 2 Timothy 3 as the base at 2 Timothy 3, verse 14. Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, right? Because you've know, you know from whom you've learned it, our mentors and the scriptures. Amen. Amen. That's all you have to say is amen. I know you have more to say than that. But anyway, today, I thought we would talk about perspective. I'm wondering, we're wondering if uh, anybody needs perspective for life in this world. Yeah. Do you, Tom? Yeah. A worldview, right? A sense of a framework to interpret events around us. So, It's yes. a very basic question. It's a very... But it's a very real question because whenever you open your news feed, you just see these catastrophic events and you just go, how does this all fit? So, for example, so, I mean, we can name things. COVID, the issue, of course, with Ukraine, uh, most recently, and of course, very near and dear to our hearts because we spent so many years in the islands, Lahaina, Maui. What is the right perspective to have in the midst of all of these trials? And where, where does one get perspective for these things? And of course, I know your answer, Tom, is going to be the scriptures, right? Right. But more specifically, yeah. I would like to highlight the book of Revelation. And we're going to highlight the book of Revelation for a reason, because the, the book of Revelation is the place for worldview. I spent hours reading, rereading Revelation during COVID to give me a fresh perspective. But um, so Revelation is important more than any other book in the Bible, I would think. And in conjunction with the book of Revelation is a commentator that we want to highlight who has been one of our mentors in the book. Yeah, it's, his name is, it's not Hal Lindsey, the late great planet Earth. Uh, it's if you want fireworks and crazy interpretations and leaps of logic and uh, a misuse of the scripture. Yes. Yeah, Hal Lindsey's late great planet Earth uh, uh, replete with allegorical interpretations mm -hmm. and uh, clearly not a good, a good guide. You know, how the scripture talks about good guides and not so good guides. And just a tidbit of information before we talk about William Henriksen and his book, More Than Conquerors, and I, we want to say right off the bat, that's a must read. Yes. If, you, if you're scared of Revelation, if you are turned off by it, read William Henriksen, More Than Conquerors. But I remember hearing uh, Doug Stewart and, um, and Doug Stewart, How to Read the Bible and not for All It's Worth mm. uh, with Gordon Fee. They, yeah. It was published by Zondervan Publishing House. Uh, and it's become a bestseller. Oh, yeah. Uh, how to read the scripture properly it, it, with the right tools to interpret the scripture. Mm -hmm. And Doug was sharing, he's one of our colleagues at the seminary. He was sharing recently because uh, Gordon Fee just recently passed away. And Gordon wanted to write this book in to counter Al Lindsay's crazy right. interpretations of the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. And he said, by George, we have to publish something with Zondervan, mm. who had published Hal Lindsay's late great. We need to, to, to provide a counter how to read and interpret Revelation properly. So um, 
So how to read the Bible for all it's worth, there's a great passage on how to read Revelation. Great chapter, yeah. Great chapter. But the, the one book is William Hendrickson. It was written in the 1940, okay? <laughs> the first edition and by Baker Bookhouse. And it is just a fabulous, it's actually a devotional book yes. once you get down deep down into it. And I actually just recently recommended this read to somebody else based on a conversation I had. And so, actually, I don't even know if it, I hope it's still in print that people can get a hold of it, but it is a game changer. It's one of these commentaries that doesn't read like a commentary. You just said it reads like a devotion. And so you could read it alongside the book of Revelation yourself. And so I, I appeal to Revelation and not the prophets of the Old Testament to give us perspective uh, for very specific reasons. Uh, but let me just highlight, first of all, what is important for worldview from the book of Revelation, and, and that is this. It shows us that behind the earthly struggle is a huge spiritual struggle that is at play. And I want to say, Tom, first and foremost, we forget that. We just go on with our earthly lives. You know, I go and I teach at the seminary. You go and preach at the church. We meet with people. We do what we do. And we, we, we were so consumed with the horizontal that we forget that behind this earthly life and these struggles that are in this life is a spiritual battle that is at play. And that is where the book of Revelation defines it even more specifically. It's a battle between the church and the world. Yeah, Major conflict. And, world. and when we say world, Tom, like what do we mean by world? Well, it's the system of this age. Paul calls it the present evil age. It's everything that basically on a day-to-day -day basis that pulls you away from the scripture, oh, yes. from the Lord Jesus himself, everything that just tantalizes you, that is, I just recently preached on the affections of the heart, everything that pulls you away right. from time mm. with the Lord, mm. It's, it's the world. It's the allure of the world. It's the lights of the, oh, this is fun. Oh, this is fun. And, and you just get completely out of focus, right? The world is, is, is a huge distraction. Yeah. And John says in his gospel, nothing positive about the world, that the world is negative. Mm. And so the fact that God loved the world so much is not because the world is so big and so great, but it's because the world is so wicked. And that's a quote that comes from another wonderful New Testament scholar uh, that I've interacted with. Mm. Uh, so Yeah, the world needs saving. The world needs rescuing because the world is liable yeah. to judgment according to God's holy law. So we've got this conflict between the church and the world. And it's really even more defined than that in the book of Revelation. It's really Satan versus Christ, a battle that began all the way back in the beginning in Genesis. But anyway, you have that reality that we have to embrace and Revelation reminds us of that real reality. And so here we are, the church, in the midst of this world, in the midst of this struggle. But the positive thing about this is that the church is the light to the, the world, which is full of darkness, and that the church, uh, Revelation tells us in the opening chapters that seven through this language of seven lampstands, that the Son of Man is walking in the midst of the seven lampstands in the midst of the churches. And so that, for me, is a major topic, the, the divine presence, Tom. He is with us in this earthly yeah. struggle. Just that's the, 
That's a powerful thing for me. Right. And the, land, the, the image of Jesus in the midst of the churches oh. tells you engagement, not escapism, True. right? True. Oh, the world is so evil, we should escape. There's always been this temptation throughout <laughs> church history. People say, oh, I'm done with the world, I'm going to escape. And, and go in a place where I'm not tainted by the world. That's right. The desert fathers. Well, yeah. guess what? The world is in the desert. The desert as well. It's in the cities. It's in the suburbs. It's everywhere. So right? the, the son of man is in the midst of the church. That brings comfort to me. That <clears throat> regardless of what is going on in the world, God is with us in the church. And the other thing that I think is really powerful is the fact that we have a perspective that even though the world hates the church, the world hates the light that comes from the church and therefore persecutes it, uh, the, the, there's a throne picture in Revelation. He is the control room of the universe, as it were. He sits enthroned above it all. And so he's not only with the church, but this picture of a throne Shows what? That he is a sovereign Lord God over everything. Yeah. And so the trials and the tribulations, such as Lahaina, Ukraine, and COVID, are a part of God's plan. And Revelation makes the plan of God quite, quite clear. Mm. And so therefore, believers and those in the church, then what is the purpose of these trials and tribulations for the church and the believers based on the perspective of mm. the book of Revelation, Tom, would you say? Well, I think the from the perspective of the, the believers, yep. and they're called the heaven, those who dwell in heaven, even though they live on earth, they belong to heaven, the city of heaven. It, it's to to sanctify them. To, what to does make, that mean? What is sanctification? Sanctification comes from the word holiness, and they're being made more like God. Jesus learned learn obedience through his own suffering. So Jesus paves the way to teach us that all these adverse circumstances, all these sufferings, all, the, all that the world heaps on you, it's, it's to draw you closer to the Lord, more reliant on him, yeah. and to fashion you more in his image. We don't earn anything by our sufferings. Everything has been given to us as a free gift in yeah. Christ. We don't earn anything. But... We are being conformed to his image through these sufferings. And, and so that is why reading Revelation is really important because the trials and the tribulations that are talked about through the seals and the trumpets are, are, are out there for the church. Mm. So purging the church, purifying the church, purifying, yeah. drawing me closer to God. I was drawn closer to God during COVID, Tom, because I was saying, Lord, what are you doing? Mm. Uh, but, so it's not just a sanctification process for the church, but these trials and tribulations that are brought out through the seals, um, and then, of course, the trumpets in the book of Revelation are also for unbelievers and the world as well. Yeah. They are experiencing the same trials and tribulations as we are, but their purpose in is what? Well, I think, you know, obviously the book of Revelation is the revelation of oh. Jesus Christ, mm the person of Jesus Christ and about him. So uh, everything that Revelation says fits into what the Gospels are teaching. And one of the great texts that Jesus just kind of captures the purpose of these mm. senseless mm. sufferings in the world. He uses two examples. Let me read it 
Familiar text for most of us, probably. Luke 13, 1 through 5. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So these mm-hmm. catastrophic events, tsunamis and destructions, fires, uh, yeah, don't, don't worry about them, as it were, Jesus says. You worry about yourself, whether you're going to take these as signs to turn to God in repentance, the fragility of life, the unpredictability, the cruelty of life, the evil of this present evil age. And, uh, and of course, let me just add very quickly here what we assume here in this podcast is ultimately the book of Revelation and the entire scripture lays the guilt of evil right at the feet of Satan. Absolutely. And, and in Revelation, there's a very robust theology of satanic activity. Yes. And if you want one quick read, chapter 12. 12. Chapter 12 takes you right there that it is Satan who is creating destruction and havoc in this world. That's right, exactly. And so for unbelievers in the world, then these trials and tribulations are attention getters. Yeah. Is that, I mean, can I say that? Like if, Absolutely. I mean, the world is God's audience and he is trying to get attention. Mm. And, and so attention getting for the unbelievers to turn to him. But then also I think what is often missed is this, and this is again where I find comfort, is that what we see through these trials and these tribulations being you know, sent out to the earth mm. is that they really are, Revelation 8, 5 says that these are answers to our prayers for justice. And I know that the topic of justice and God's people wanting to see justice in this world is so dominant. And so prayers for justice are ascending to heaven, Revelation talks about. And the Lord is going to answer, and the Lord is answering through what he says in verse 5 of chapter 8, peals of thunder, etc. And so what he's doing, he's sending his judgments on the earth, onto the world, really to avenge wrong. And in that sense when we see some of these things happening and unfolding, they are direct answers to our prayers for justice. Mm-hmm. And that brings me comfort because we talk about having justice when Jesus comes back, Tom. But we're talking about justice now yeah. through the releasing of the seals and especially the trumpets because the trumpets are warnings. Yeah, they're warnings. In the Old Testament, they're warnings. And then John picks that up in the Revelation that it is also... Uh, a warning as well. So we, so both believers and unbelievers yeah. are being formed by yeah. these events that are unfolding. I, I think one thing too that just really healthy in Revelation is that all of the activities of God, these judgments and warnings, attention getters, it's God that's doing he's it. He's doing it because he's God in the control room it. of the universe, Tom. God is doing it. Yes. And what that means too, and... Mm. I think the church, Christians, 
through the ages have completely missed that memo. That we don't do it. We don't get to do this. Paul says it so clearly in Romans 12, verse 18. If possible, so far it depends on you. Leave, live peaceably with all. And there comes the one text. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. Why? Because it's written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. God sees, God is a just God. He's a, ju he's a God of justice. He's a God of mercy, and he's very, very patient. Oh. But there are some points mm. where the, if he doesn't act in justice, then his justice becomes completely meaningless. He's just and the justifier. He is, one. He is oh. all of that. It's his character. And one other thing about Revelation, there's a... I mean, this anchor into the character of God, that he is good, yeah. he is just, he is faithful, mm. and he accomplishes his purposes. And, and one of the greatest learning curves for any disciple mm. worth his or her salt is to submit to God's character. Amen. It's who he says he is. It's not how we say he is. Exactly. And, and I, I think you raise a profound point. It, it, we are anchored in the character of God by reading the, the book of Revelation. And so that's our encouragement for perspective and worldview. Read the book of Revelation. Uh, read it in, a, in a, a translation that is comfortable to you, that you love. Read it alongside more than conquerors, William Hendrickson. And, and this is the, the word of encouragement, that our earthly perspective really does need to be adjusted by the heavenly perspective that the book of Re Revelation gives. And this is an ongoing thing for me. It's not just a one and done kind of a thing. Oh, okay, I get it. But I have to remind myself. So pastorally and from the perspective of a, a professor, we all need perspective. A good dose of it in the book of Revelation delivers on perspective. And in closing verse, that kind of summarizes the whole book of Revelation, and that's Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. This is, a, this is a keeper. This is a verse that you might want to memorize, but it says in conclusion that they will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them. Why? For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. So this is the preacher and the professor signing off for now and encouraging you to continue in what you have learned because you know from whom you have learned it. Amen and amen.